0: Hey, this is Frank Hannon, I'm the lead guitarist of Tesla, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Focus on-
1: Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to yet another episode of Focus on Metal. And yeah, I'm sure you're tuning in this week to catch the second half of our Bill O'Leary discussion. And um, I decided to change the script a little bit. And this week instead, we are going to be talking with Tesla vocalist Jeff Keith. And we will look to get that second part of the Bill O'Leary discussion out on the episode after this one. And part of the decision on all this is the timeliness. You know, Tesla is out on the second leg of their tour. Just started a few weeks ago. They got their new single, Time to Rock, that just came out as well. And I just thought that this would be a great time to do it. And the other reason is I'm just fired up about Tesla right now. And that's because, um, you know, those of you who follow us on Twitter know that I was out at that first show of the second leg of the tour and put up a lot of great photos of the band. It was an incredibly awesome show from an audience perspective, sitting out there, I don't know, second, third row, I can't remember which one it was. But anyways, one of the best Tesla shows I have seen in a long, long time. Band was on fire. Jeff's voice was just spot on, incredible, high energy, good stuff. And in fact, They even touch on that show and the next three shows after that as well when Richie talked to Jeff. And at that point, Richie, I don't even think, realized that I was at the show out in Webster at Indian Ranch. But good stuff got me really fired up when I heard that Richie was going to be talking to Jeff. And I thought, well, damn it, I'm going to switch the script up a little bit and let you guys hear what Jeff Keith has to say. And, you know, when you're listening to this, don't be fooled by Jeff kind of, you know, coughing and clearing his throat and all that during the interview. I got to say, his voice was amazing. And in true disclosure, I've been to Tesla shows where it was a little sketchy on the vocal front and, you know, demanding job and all of that. But this one, definitely not the case. Absolutely psyched. Very fired up after the show as well. Good stuff. And another great thing about this band, too, I was really impressed about is the fact that, you know, they did play their new single, Cold Blue Steel. And as one of the encores, they played another new song, Time to Rock. And what other bands out there today besides maybe Iron Maiden when they're not doing one of their classics tours was going to be willing to do that so i I gotta say big kudos to them for that as well and the fact that those two songs they're really really freaking good i mean they could have been off any of those classic early three albums so great chat with uh with jeff this week and you know as i've said if you have a chance to catch tesla on this leg of their tour make sure you go out and do it Dave Rue definitely slotted so well into the band. Just an amazing fit for that band as well. Frank, awesome as always. Brian, just bringing down the low end and uh, just commanding everything. And then Steve Brown, great fill-in for Troy, is doing an awesome job up there. And again, super, super high energy from that guy as well. So with that, what do you say I shut the hell up and turn it over to Richie and jeff keith of tesla
2: hello is that jeff yeah it is is this richie it is jeff how are you doing doing great richie how about yourself okay so where are you uh
0: we have a day off in buffalo so i'm in the back of the tour bus and uh for a day off Okay. you need a day off
2: okay i think you were just up my way i'm just outside of boston i think you were only here a couple of days ago
0: <laughs> oh my gosh we just played a couple great Few shows and uh, we played Webster. That's where we started out. It was an outdoor show at like 2:45 p.m. At first, I was like, "Oh my gosh, a 2:45 show!" But it was so fantastic. It was on the water, outdoors, and uh, at Indian Ranch, and it was so such an awesome show because <laughs> it's not very often that we get to see the crowd the whole time. It was it was fantastic, and then we just then we played uh It's called the Melody Tent in Cape Cod. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was in the middle of this stage. It kind of slowly goes around and then the other way around. It was hot, 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 but what a great show. You- and then we just played last night in Rhode Island, an uh, outdoor show on the water.
2: You guys have always... I'm living, I'm living up this way about 12 years. And okay. Ever since I moved here, you guys always seem to do well. In New England, has, has it always been that way? Even in the even in the eighties and the nineties, with the band that you had, strong. Oh yeah, with?
0: absolutely. Oh yeah, the New England area's always been good to us. We've been treated well, just about everywhere, and especially there.
2: Yeah, it just seems to me every year you're playing the Hampton Beach Casino, and you don't just ah. really, you don't just do one night there. You normally do multiple nights.
0: Well, we we usually do one night, but we did. Two nights, just what was it, a month, month and a half ago? It was so great. I love that place. That oh uh, man, the casino ballroom in Hampton Beach it's awesome. And two nights, it was fantastic.
2: Yeah. Um, it's about it's over a hundred here now. And one of the th- one of the things I've been asking singers, uh, what's the the worst weather you've ever performed an outdoor show in?
0: the worst weather with an outdoor show. Yeah. Well, um well, the one that we never played was when we were on tour with Def Leppard and Sticks and we're down in Tampa and because of lightning it got called off. But um we played a few years back we played like uh, the Summerfest in Milwaukee and I mean lightning bolts were everywhere. It was pretty cool lightning show, but I mean Jeez, which one's the worst? I don't know. Um, we've had a lot of great ones. I try to skip past the ones that you go, oh, that was a tough one or a rough one. But for me, it could be sunshiny and the best day out. And if I've ever like, lost my voice, that's probably the worst one that it shows is when I lose my voice because my, my instrument's built in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one you can't see. Change the strings on it or <laughs> change right. the drum heads. Turn it up a little louder. <laughs> so so but um we've had some ones that were were tough, you know, and like in Oklahoma City one time we played an outdoor show, this was years ago and there was visqueen queen all over the stage and I think Frank even ended up slipping on the visqueen queen because it was trying to cover all the equipment, but It was still a fun show. We always seem to make fun out of it, Richie.
2: Hmm. What's the sickest you've ever been and done a show and been able to pull it off? The sickest I've ever been? Yeah. I've asked this now to a lot of singers.
0: Okay, well, there's been times where I've been throwing up in the trash can before I go on, but the worst is, once again, where I had to you know they put the camera down my throat and they go oh my gosh you got a blood vessel getting ready to burst you can't sing or talk or whisper or anything for five days on a dry erase board and that was when I we went to Columbus Ohio and then uh, we were on tour at Def Leopard 6 for that and um, we went to Memphis the two tour buses and the rest of the band flew home I had to have five days of no talking, no nothing, just writing on a dry race board. And our tour manager and uh, guitar tech stayed behind with me with the buses and, you know, helped me to get food and just not do nothing. Uh, like I said, write everything on a dry race board. And then on day four, we went from Memphis to Houston, which was the show that, If I got the okay and the doctor came to the bus, put the camera down, says, you got the green light, the blood vessel is relaxed. And picked back up in Houston, but we had to miss like three shows. So that's the toughest part is, is, you know, having to cancel shows, you know, or just not make it. I'd say that's the worst. Yeah. Back in the day when things were kind of rolling a little more, back in the 80s, <laughs> maybe in the 90s, <clears throat> then you got to add in, well, uh, you know, that extra little partying here and there and stuff doesn't help. So at least I don't have the weight of that on my shoulders because we don't do that for quite some time now. Mm. So, how,
2: how do you get space <sighs> on the road, Jeff, for yourself? Because when you talk to when i've spoken to other musicians like some of them they'll stay in the hotel room and they'll they'll binge netflix or something and then others like to just walk around see the sights and all that some other other guys paint some guys do photography like how do you get your space and and what do you do on the road that that's different to what the other guys do
0: Well, like right now, I'm in the back of the tour bus. The guys give me I sleep on the couch in the back lounge because I like to sleep with a fan and it gives me space and I can control the air because the rest of these guys, they like it like a freezer, you know, so I can control more of the atmosphere in the back. And I got the back lounge here and watch a little gun smoke and just take it easier. I've been known, you know, before COVID, I would, like on days off, I'd get a rent-a-car and just drive, you know, wherever on a day off. I like to just see things, and that's my space, but um, uh, here lately, I just, I, I get the back of the tour bus, and I can just relax in a controlled environment as far as temperature-wise, and just take it easy.
2: Hmm. Do, do you have a yeah. favourite country you like to visit? somewhere maybe you went on tour and you said to yourself I'm going to go back here now when I'm off the road because I really want to see more of it
0: huh. well we've been around a lot we've been to a lot of great countries and um gosh once again picking favourites Richie is not the easiest thing for me to do but
2: say you Ar- know- say Ireland Jeff
0: Ireland, I love Ireland. Man. Yes. I, I I believe that's where we started out when we went on the Hysteria Tour with that's Def right, Leppard. 14 months. Yeah. We started off in Dublin, I believe. It was Dublin fantastic. Belfast, yeah. I love it. I love Ireland. It's beautiful.
2: Yeah.
0: And I got to go out, because see, back in them days, it's where I went and did a lot of things. I mean, on my own, I, I would just go out and and, and uh, even driving around on the, on the roads where you're driving on the left and it was great and I'd go like, when we were on tour of Def Leopard, I'd just wake up, like say we're in St. Louis, I'd see the arch and I'd just walk like five miles, whatever it was to the arch, go up to the top of the arch by myself, go to the top of the, M- top of the Empire State Building by myself, you know. Um, so I went and did a whole lot of Sightseeing because I came from the small town boy to now I'm seeing things that I only always just saw on TV, and I got to go out and do it, you know. I like in other countries too, like Belfast, anywhere it's like to go see all this really old historical stuff, castles, and all this stuff. It was fantastic, yeah. and that, that hysteria tour. It's definitely no doubt about it. My favorite tour for me that we've ever been on was the Hysteria tour mm. in the round.
2: Uh, tell me, Jeff, about some of the exotic gifts you've gotten from Japanese fans.
0: Oh, from Japanese fans, they're yeah. fan—they're fantastic. They're great. They're just—they're just such a nice people. Great audience and. Uh, just very respectful and just oh, they, they were awesome and they even did a thing it's and, and that this is how much they pay attention to detail is there was a thing back when we were in like the rock magazines and they had a sort of a fine waldo thing and this in the centerfold centerfolded out and back in the day i had a couple goats a couple ponies lots of dogs cats and animals and stuff like that and uh, they had a thing where I was leading my goat <laughs> through the crowd <laughs> with a leash and they got the little bags under my eyes I've always had dark circles under my eyes but they, they're very you know hard working people but they're just just so appreciated not that every, every place else isn't but they just always treated us so well We've had a lot of great shows over in Japan.
2: When you played there in the eighties, was it still the same? The true that they'd sit down and they'd be absolutely quiet while you're playing until the end. Yes, of
0: the night? yes. yes. Must
2: have taken a little bit of getting used to.
0: Well, you know what? That's just how they do it, and it was—you just get to it, get used to it really fast. And you're absolutely right. that reminds me; they would be very quiet, and they're they're grasping on every word every note you're playing and then after and then they do their applauding and then it's quiet (laughs) but yeah no that's how they do it and it's 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 great
2: yeah Jeff I want to ask about the different roles of band members play um, and what role do you think you play in the band this is just a general question Um, there's some guys in bands and I've interviewed Brian and I've interviewed Frank and some guys are the creative guy. Then there's other guys that are they're very good at the business side of, of the music. And then other guys might be white guys. Other guys might be mediators when it comes to disputes and stuff like that. How would you describe your role in the band?
0: Well, we've always all needed need to be a mediator at certain points
2: okay. <laughs> when, you're in, when you're in a band it's yeah hey
0: man it's like a marriage between five guys and it's fantastic it's great but um my end of it is just like i like to get an idea for song they give it to me i work it around and then next you know take it here and there and then once it gets set where I get a melody going for it and then I just try to fill in the blanks with words from the heart and that's and and then once you're making a record so re- songwriting I just love making a record I love but my favorite part is playing live just hand me the microphone don't think about things and just do it now like Brian we, he's josh he's, he's he's like the brains of the band. He manages the band, yeah. And uh, so he, he knows all the ups and downs and ins and outs. Always looking at the big picture. And then Frank also knows that side of it, but he also is a big part and the creative side. Not that Brian's not. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're asking what what each individual kind of does. And for me, I'm this small town boy. Don't think about it and just. Right from the heart, and, and, and I, like I said, my favorite thing to do is, is, is sing them live.
2: Do you think, Jeff, that you're the impulsive guy? The other guys might sit and think about things and analyze it, whereas you're like shoot-from-the-hip kind of a guy?
0: Very shoot-from-the-hip, very impulsive, absolutely. Okay. No doubt about it.
2: Okay, and you, you haven't changed at all, really, since the band has started when it comes to that.
0: No. You know, and I like that, Richie. I'm going to have to remember that. I'd shoot him in the hip. <laughs> 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 you just helped me define myself.
2: <laughs> so, which, which other guy in the band has changed the most since you knew him?
0: Um, well, we all have to be, you know, always prepared to adapt and to renegotiate, yeah. renavigate. Yeah. But, you know what? deep down to our roots, nobody's changed. We're, we're, It's like, when we went through all these, you know, like when grunge came in, and this comes in, and this is the big thing. We've always written albums from the heart, stuck to our roots, and never tried to go, oh, this is the favorite flavor of the week. You know, we just, uh, just always have been ourselves. So, you know, like I said, you've always got to be ready to adapt to, to things, but we've all stuck to our roots, so I'd say we haven't changed that much
2: at all. Mm. No, I'm reading a book at the moment called Exit Stage Left by an author called Nick Dearden, and what he did was he talked to twenty or so musicians about what life was like after success had gone in the, originally, and what did how they were able to adapt to that. Now, mm. if I was to ask you. When in your life that would be? Would would it be fair to say it were around ninety six when the band spit up? And and, Absolutely. and how did you handle that?
0: Uh, probably at times not well, but just i uh, oh, just writing songs in, in the garage and with my animals and very sad when Tessa broke up. Ah, oh, it's heartbreaking. And uh, then it, you know. Uh, just writing songs from the heart Um, and the next you know Tesla got back together in 2000 so which is one of the happiest days in my life in our life so I would definitely say the toughest part was in the dark I call it the dark days Hmm. 96 to 2000
2: so the music really was the therapy for you all of a
0: Absolutely, all. If uh, you listen any Tesla song, it's it's therapy for me. It's things I'm going through. So when people come and go, Jeff, really appreciate your words in this song. It's really helped me get through this. I go, hey, it helped me get through whatever period of life I was in. So it's almost kind of like a chronicle, you know. And um, so music has always been the best therapy for me. And then I'm writing new songs, and and I and, and then I hooked back up with Tommy, and then we got this band called Sofa King, and we changed the name to Bar 7, mm-hmm. and then the next you know, um, st- still very close with Frank, Brian and Troy, and then got Tommy in this band and next you know we get back together in 2000 at Arco Arena in Sacramento just for one show. It went really well. It sold the place out and next you know we committed to three more shows in Northern California and then we started committing to it. A leg here and a leg there and next you know come 2004 we put out, we said hey the next commitment is making a record. We made Into the Now, one of my favorite Tessa records.
2: Mm. Um. Now, I've read a lot about different musicians, and it seems now that when it comes to new music, it it's either they won't do it because they're looking at the financial aspect of it, or they do it because that's what they do. Um. It seems to me that you're the guy that writes music because that's what I do.
0: Correct. Correct. Yes, yes. There are a lot of avenues you can take and go, well, this will really excel you here or excel you there, it's like man, I'm better better off just sticking to just being honest being myself just writing words that, that I feel and can sing to this day from the heart you know we play songs from the first record second record, all that and I can still just every night go, I do believe this I do feel this love will find a way you know it's not what you got it's what you get it's just we've always been told since day one write songs from the heart because uh q prime was our management they said listen write songs from the heart they said you may never sell one record you may be playing to two drunks in the crowd that don't care but if you write songs from the heart and you'll be happy up there playing those songs because you're playing them from the heart. And so if things never go anywhere, you still got songs that you wrote from the heart. That's always been the theory we stuck with, and it's worked out well, and we we ended up doing well. So it's even better when you write songs from the heart and then you do well, and now you're playing it for more than just three drunks in the
2: crowd. <laughs> uh, Jeff, do are you the guy that has the, the lyric book you jot down in journals all the time scratches the lyrics and then come back or, or are you someone who just wants to start with a new slate for every record
0: you know what there's a lot of songs that that were demoed and never made a record and sometime or another it'd be fun to go back into the archives and because some you go oh I really like that idea but once you, you get to, you know the songwriting mode you just go well
2: let's
0: let's write something else because once something doesn't make the cut to go back to it um never really done that maybe for better off without you on twisted wires or something where it was like ah, let's go back to the song we wrote on the demo for the first record there's a lot of great ideas that i love the songs and will love and got them in my heart because i know Uh, from from demoing it up and working on it but a lot of great songs that make the cut that I personally still love but yeah it's it's usually always let's write something new.
2: Have you ever felt that you've had a great idea and then for whatever reason you forgot what it was?
0: oh my gosh you got it when you're at, at night you're going to bed and you go I got an idea I'll remember it when I get up I'll remember it when I get up you wake up and go what was it so anytime for years now anytime if some idea comes up I'd write it down now with these phones and stuff you can do a voice memo thing you know Mm. yeah so it's even better so instead of just words that you can write down i got an idea for that you know uh, or write down the chords for this or that you you know you got this voice memo thing it comes in real handy back then it used to be have a little miniature cassette tape recorder thing whatever they call them you know the little cassette tape you could you could put an idea down to but you got to put it down when it comes into your head because the thing of I'll remember it later, oh, uh, it's all part of my heart, and no, it doesn't work.
2: Hmm. You know, it's a couple of years removed from the Shock record. What are your thoughts on that now?
0: The Shock record was a lot of fun. Phil Collins, you know, uh, produced it, co-wrote um, um, almost every single or or if not every single song so we went in and just following phil's lead and just really had a blast doing it because we've never taken that kind of approach and you know things that were fun were like coming into the studio usually tesla when we make a record we start with a live basic track and then build off of it from there and then we build on it, build on it until we feel like, alright, that's pretty much in the can. I say pretty much because you can always go back and say, hey we've went around the block with this let's take it around the block one more time but we've always went song by song so when we did it with Phil, it'd be great. Come in say for me, start off the day singing the, the verses on this song and then two, two hours later let's switch gears and go over to this song sing the bridge ah oh that's okay and now let's go over and do the chorus for this song that we did a few days ago the verse and the bridge so it was fun in one day going over two or three songs you know if not three or four songs in one day which was new to us and fun and phil's a great guy and Def Leppard, they're, they're our big brothers and they always treat us well and it was fun doing it with Phil. It was a lot of fun. It was a different experience, a different approach. And we had a blast doing it.
2: How did Phil push you as a singer? Because he's in a band that's known for a lot of vocals.
0: Right. Well, he would actually just, he would have ideas for vocals and stuff. And so, um, once again, I just just follow his lead. I think on Shock, the only one where where I got the song idea and got to write well, where the way I write a song on my end is take it, get a melody, and get a melody that feels great to me, and then fill in with the words. So, uh, forever loving you was the one that uh, where I do my usual thing but the rest of them it was pretty much laid out and Phil co-wrote with Dave Frank Brian everybody and we just followed his lead and it was fun it was great people enjoyed it we didn't we enjoyed it Phil enjoyed it we had a blast and it was a Different
2: approach. Hmm. Yeah. Jeff, I want to ask you about your voice and how it's changed over the years. And a lot of singers, you know, they don't have the voice that they had in the 80s unless you're someone like, you know, like 70s, like Glenn Hughes or someone like that, Paul Rogers. How Uh has your voice changed over the years? Has it gotten a little bit more raspy?
0: Well, maybe it was a little bit more raspy back in earlier days because I was drinking and smoking like a freight train Uh, (laughs) (laughs) which which I don't do that anymore which is for the better but um, you know the most we might do Richie is in all honesty is um, years ago we've always tuned down a half step and which was like something like say Van Halen always made records tuned down a half step so we tuned down a half step and then there's a few songs that are in our set to this day that that are tuned down a whole step, so I can still sing the same melody, but it's just tuned down. So, because see back, especially when you're first making records, you're in there, like say for me in the vocal booth, you're doing twenty takes, boom, bam, boom, bam, and then you're hitting all these high notes, and then you find out, oh, well, now we're gonna go out and play them live, and oh boy night after night
2: <laughs>
0: you're not in a vocal booth and getting 20 takes and going no. hang on let me clear my throat and try that again so 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 but you know what we just can continue down a little and for whatever reason things are still holding up I'm very grateful for that things are still holding up people go hey man you still sound great so I can appreciate that and I'm feeling good and as long as the voice holds up, I'm I'm ready to go.
2: Yeah. Are, are there yeah. any songs in the back catalog that you just feel that you can't do anymore?
0: Oh, yeah. We went, we went round and around with some going, oh, let's try this. You know, and there's some, Richie, that are, the best way to explain it could be like, that's a great album track, but it doesn't. Work well live, and and I, I'm not thinking of any particular song. I'm just saying some songs you go, Oh, it was great, it was fun putting that on the record, and great song doesn't come across live as well. And uh, so yeah, and and then of course there's always the staple songs that have to go on the set. You got to play the you know Marty Cowboy and all that stuff. Little Susie and Signs, Love Song So Now and then we'll we'll work up Some songs that we call pulling a Rabbit Out of the Hat And it's fun to do, you know
2: Yeah, you guys seem to be pretty good at that Because you tend to add a couple of extra songs In the set every time you come around That weren't in the set from the previous tour
0: Yeah Well see, now Frank's really good about that He'll look at like Say a set list that we did years ago when we go to a town or city and he'll go hey won't we change this up this one or you know change up a couple songs so we're not playing the same set we played two years ago and then once again there's the staple songs because you can get people it's like somebody just last night uh when i got to meet some you know with a couple fans and stuff they go I haven't seen you since 1986. So, so when you know, there become staple songs, because you can't, this person, you know, there's people that come to multiple shows, and then there's people that come periodically, and then there's people that haven't seen us since way back when. So, you know, it's good that we keep from all the way from album one, you know, the first record and on that we keep them in the set for people like that that haven't seen us since 86, 87.
2: One of the things I think you guys are really good at and I don't know whether it's Frank I can say that it's it's you can say it's him that's doing it you don't just tend to play the songs from the, the, the first year of the band and then skip over all the newer albums you tend to play stuff from the newer albums as well and you've nearly always done that and I actually applaud you for doing that because there's a lot of bands from that era and they'll bring out new music and they just won't play it live after the tour that they've done to promote it
0: Yeah, well and there's, you know, some bands they just go, hey man, we're just going off this catalogue and that's what we're playing and they do well We love to write songs and we love to play them too live because we're writing a song we're definitely you know thinking of the live feel so you know uh we always like to throw something new in there we're just that way we like to write songs and you know some people all they care about is the older stuff it's like hey we we we're, we're doing it for us too and for the fans that like something new and we just do it mm. and yeah we don't we just don't think about it. We just do it. And and there's a lot of people appreciate it. There might be a few in the crowd who go, well, oh, I'd rather have heard that song than the new one. But hey, you can't please everybody.
2: True. Is there, is there a song, Jeff, in the back catalogue that you haven't played in years that you personally would love to have back in the set?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, you know, uh, before my eyes, um, just, uh, uh, um, Easy Come, Easy Go. I, I'm starting from the first record and moving through it, but, the, oh, yeah, there's, there's a ton of songs love to perform live, but you only got, in a headlining set, you only got 90 minutes, and so, only so much, so many songs can fit in that, in that window of 90 minutes, so.
2: I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll throw one in there now And I don't know if you've never played this live um, Have you ever done Don't rock Me?
0: Ye- uh, yes And that one's, that one's A difficult one but we have done that Back in the day And I really enjoy that That's fun yeah, that's But it's got some timing things that mm, Live maybe we did it A couple times and went, oh, Something went south on this part or something So let's try throwing this in there mm.
2: You know yeah so so yeah. so in a couple of minutes I have left Jeff let's talk about the new song time to rock um was that an old idea floating around or is it all completely new
0: all completely new and uh, you know I, I go up to Franks like every Thursday he lives 25 minutes away from me up in Cameron Park I live in Granite Bay which is on the opposite sides of Folsom Lake there in Northern California right outside of Sacramento and I go up and we just threw ideas around. I take it home, chew on it. Come back to Frank. She goes, hey, I was thinking this idea for that. Next, you know, uh, we're, just, we're building a song. And and and, and next, you know, Frank might have said the phrase, hey, something like time to rock or something. I went, okay. And then he comes up with these new parts. And then I say, hey, how about we take this course thing that is a course and put another note in there that goes to this. And next, you know. It's fun building a song like that, you know, and uh, and and, and we and we're having fun doing it, and uh, so the next you know, come up the phrase time to rock, and it's like ah, the idea just crossed my mind about how about you know it's a very live concert feel and there's so much going on you know and and the whole idea of it is like you don't have to let it go but just just keep holding it in your hands and just drop your hands down and just kind of let your just let your hair down for four and a half minutes yeah of course we want them to let their hair down for the whole show but it's that idea of oh it's time to rock just try to let some of those things go just for that four and a half minutes and it's time to rock
2: mm. have you ever gone yes. up to frank's house not, to, not not for the specific purpose of of sitting down to write a song and it just happened when you were up there
0: yes and actually when covid when we're going through covid people go oh, you're writing a lot of songs it's a great time you know you got all this time off i didn't was not inspired to write anything and we're now working on uh, getting ready to work up a song it was the first lyrics that I could write because Frank says hey this was a year into COVID he goes hey bro why don't you just come up we'll just hang out we don't have to write you just come up and just hang out at the house I'm like cool so next you know we did and then he strums a little idea and then I and next you know hey how about you just come up again on the following Thursday and next you know I it's we come up with a song and that we're working on and it's called All About Love, a typical oh my gosh, here we go, Testing with another love song, right? But uh, we're working it out and it's when we do do it, if it does come out as a single or just a release um, or on a record um, it was the first it was something that I had to, like, f- words, and to express myself, I had to get off my chest before I could even open up and write a song. And then next, you know, after doing that, then uh, Cold Blue Steel, and now Time to Rock. So, uh, feeling back in the swing of things. But these words to this song I'm talking about, it's like... <sighs> Got to get this out. I, and it's before that. I didn't feel like I got to get it out, but when it came to trying to think of something, what are you inspired by? And it's like I just had to sing about love, and that I got through that, and then I felt like, all right, I am inspired to write more. Oh, it's the best way I can explain it.
2: Hmm. So it's it's coming from. How would I describe it? It's, it's coming from a very pure place that you're not tr- forcing yourself to do it. It's just happening naturally.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely pure. As a matter of fact, it's like, I, I've just got to express this. This is a, a feeling I have to get off my chest because, like I said, a lot of people would see it as, one, a great opportunity to write, write. But for me, I have to be inspired. And by the whole world, entertainment business stuff just being shut down was it's very difficult. And, you know, and for the world, it was very difficult going through this pandemic. And it took me quite some time to get where it was very pure. And I would say, inspiration to, I got to, this is, What I got to get off my chest but it was very from the heart Mm -hmm. very from the heart, Richie
2: Yeah, final question I want to ask you about Steve Brown because I've interviewed his brother Wild Mick Brown Hi, this is Wild Mick Brown and you're listening to Focus on Metal Oh, nice And I remember when I interviewed him I asked him a question and 15 minutes later he stopped talking Right, mm-hmm. and I want to know—is Steve like that? Like that? Is he the gregarious guy, the life and soul of the party? Cause is like that? Are you
0: kidding me? me and him—we—we we share the same dressing room because <laughs> I want to see way, I'm hard to shut up. He's hard to shut up. It's fun, but it's a great shut up. It's yeah. awesome. He's got this energy and. And, uh, he's, he's a great guy, and a great drummer, and just, he's, what's not to love? He has a shirt that says, life would be boring without me, and it's absolutely true.
2: <laughs> Steve Brown is
0: awesome.
2: <laughs> do you, do you, did you, did you tour with Dawkin when, in the 80s or 90s with Mick? We
0: played, we played with him a little bit, yeah, but not t- too much, but yes, we played some shows with him, and... And uh, throughout the years, we played shows for talking, yes, but not back in their heyday. Now, Tom Zutat signed them to, I think, Electra and then when he moved to Geffen Records, that's when he signed us. And so he he, he actually said, "Oh my gosh, getting, uh, never mind that faint phone ring. These days, they're spam calling, FaceTiming. It's crazy." But anyway, never mind that. But, uh... <laughs> oh, where was I with the... Oh, yeah. But Tom Zutat, we used to cover in the Top 40 band. uh Sitting here thinking in the room. You're feeling pressure. You're going crazy too. Oh, breaking the chains around you. <laughs> yeah, we covered that song. Tom Zutat says Jeff you you sing a better' done and not saying that's true I'm just saying that's what he said and but uh, when Tom Zutat signed us to Gaffin records him and true and not
1: we got signed
0: in 85 and they said you're not ready to make a record and so we worked on writing songs for a year and they came out with its first record about the end of 86 so so yeah but we never played back in the day we just covered their songs in the top 40 Mm. we're a top 40
2: band Mm. well Jeff I'm going to leave you go because I know it's your day off and you've given me 40 odd minutes and you know you're the singer you need to keep you know not you don't want to talk all the time so I just want to say that I want to thank you personally for the music over the years I've never interviewed you before and I'm I'm really really glad that you're still bringing out new stuff
0: thank you Richie thank you very much and, and it's um, it's wonderful and we're loving it and things are going great and we appreciate it
2: okay well have a good rest of the day
0: thanks richie all right jeff, you take care. okay all right Bye. Right.
2: there you go
1: great chat with jeff keith of tesla and as i said if you can go out and try to catch them on the second leg of the tour and if i release this on the day i think it is they'll be playing uh the Missouri State Fair tonight, they're, but they're going to be cooking through Idaho and Washington, Ohio. They'll be kicking back to New York again for the Greater New York State Fair, heading down to Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas. A lot of different dates in Texas there as well. San Antonio, last one in Texas there. Mississippi, Louisiana, the Altica, to concord pavilion at concord california that pretty much wraps up the main chunk of their tour and then they even have some dates for 2023 they have the uh january 19th they'll be in tampa and they'll be doing a bunch of other ones as well april 29th they are on the monsters of rock cruise 2023 you can keep up with all of this stuff by heading to tesla And if you're looking for your uh, Tesla merch up there, they have a little bit. I remember last time I checked, they had a whole bunch of stuff up there. But you know, right now, they have a few things. They got a Tesla Tour 2022 tee up there. They have another flag tee that's pretty cool. Ladies tee, some bandana, koozies. So a few things up there for merch if you want to. And as far as all the other social media stuff that I'm surprised that uh, Richie didn't ask Jeff, but uh, maybe he just wanted to preserve his voice, you can head up to... uh, on Twitter, Tesla band, and on Facebook it is also Tesla band, and Instagram, Tesla band again. If you want to check out any of their stuff on YouTube, again go up to youtube.com and check out Tesla band. And you know, if you're up there and you are cruising around, make sure that you also head over and look for Focus on Metal over on Twitter and follow us up there as well. See what we're up to, we're always posting all kinds of crap. And if you want to listen to some of our past episodes, you know, you want to listen to our talks with Frank Hannon or our talks with Brian Wheat or a whole bunch of other different people, then you can head up to focusonmetalpod.com. You can also go to the old address, focusonmetal.net. It's just going to do a redirect over to the new site over at focusonmetalpod.com. So good stuff there with Jeff, and hoping to hear more Tesla music soon yeah this is definitely that show got me all psyched about the band and you know it's always been one of my uh one of my favorite bands love the stuff that they do but uh yeah when you see a band live and you get them you know going like they were it gets you pumped up and it, it wants you to get more it gets you right back into the band and that's the case with me right now so that's uh one of the reasons i'm running jeff this week instead of bill damn it But, you know, I do have the other whole second half of Bill's chat all edited, ready to get mixed into a show. So the plan as of right now, unless uh, Richie throws something else very cool my way, is that we'll be running the second half of the Bill O'Leary interview on the next show. Good stuff when he goes through a whole crap load of bands that he worked with. You know, we're talking about Leopard, Motley, Aussie, KISS, Van Halen, Rainbow, UFO, I could keep on going, but a lot of good stuff coming up on that one to look forward to. But for this week, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So, for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week, and until we talk to you again next time, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant!